is the Santita Jackson Show. everybody. How's it going today? I'm Santita Jackson. It's a joy to be with you on Friday, December 9, 2022. Just a couple of weeks away from Christmas. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Getting a little bit of feedback, but we're working it out. And so glad to be with you today as we talk about Brittany Griner. Of course, is there a bigger story in the world? Are we excited to have her back in the United States? She just landed in Texas. Oh, my goodness, maybe about an hour or so ago. So glad that she's home. So glad that she's going to be back with her family, with her wife and her children and her her parents, her, her siblings. Wow, 10 months. What a long, long time. What a story she has to tell. And certainly we need to give her the space, the space to to process everything that she's been through. We're so grateful to President Biden and the and Secretary of State Blinken and their team for negotiating her release. Still worried about Paul Whelan and what and what his uh the fact that he still has custody. We've got a lot to work through because you know Paul Whelan for example has like 3 or 4 passports. <laughs> Which, you know, as I was reading it, this BBC report about him, that's like 30 pages long. It's his his release is going to be much more complicated, it appears, given his association with the military and and his expertise in the I.T. field and all of these different citizenships that he holds. We are glad, however. And so I think that as we're watching some Republicans and some people not celebrate her release and say, how can you leave this patriot over there? Well, I think it's complicated, folks, as the movie uh, was entitled, as it said. It's just complicated. So I think that we've got to just kind of cool our jets and be glad that she's home. Celebrate that. What do they say? The merchant of death. Look, when you are in politics and um, and you are in arms sales and all of that it's just there's a lot going on and getting these prisons released is never something that is not complex so let's get right to it let's get right right to it everybody and then of course Kirsten Cinema has left the Democratic Party what does that mean it is no longer 5149 it's 50 49. I mean, because Angus King and Bernie Sanders caucus with the Democrats, so you could reliably put them in the Democratic basket. But Kirsten Cinema has just said, I'm out. So I want you to call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. Let me know what you think about that. I mean, we were just celebrating our win and what that means, you know, the control that we will have over committees. How will this impact Chuck Schumer and his position as the majority leader? Will that change it? Will they now have to re-enter this power-sharing agreement? I wonder what they gave Kirsten Cinema. Yeah, I put it right there because this this is just unbelievable, unbelievable. Hey, Dave and Andre and Daryl and Shirley from beautiful Philadelphia and Jewel from beautiful New York and Zenobia and Anne and so many of you who are joining us on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Please go over there, everybody. Go to the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel and please become my friend on Facebook on Santita Jackson and Friends. I can't take anyone else on Santita Jackson. Every People keep going back over there. They have a 5,000-person 5, 5, limit. And because of that, 
um, I'm not able to, I've not been able to take anyone for years. And they continue to push people off of that platform. I don't want you to get pushed off. If you go to Santita Jackson and Friends, you will be my friend. So please like me at Santita Jackson and Friends and meet me on the Santita Jackson Show today and on Twitter at Santita J. In Chicago, it's about 37 degrees right now. We're going to have a high of 40 degrees and it will be rainy. I'm getting my hair done. I'm not happy about that. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 34 degrees. It's cold enough up there. It's going to snow. Stay warm, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Matt, and everybody in my AM 950 radio family, stay warm. Of course, you're listening to WCPT, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. In the NFL, the Rams 17, the Raiders 16, a heartbreaker. In the NBA, the Timberwolves will be playing the Jazz. The Bulls will be off tonight. And, of course, the Jets uh, will be playing Chicago in the wild and will be facing off against the Oilers in the NHL. And, of course, we are all waiting to see what's going to happen with Morocco in England and France, the Battle of the English Channel in the World Cup of Soccer in FIFA. Can't wait to look at that, and we'll talk about that on Monday. The most popular sport in the world, everybody. They expect uh, more than between 4 and 7 billion people be tuning into that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? On her way home, WNBA star Brittany Griner freed in U.S.-Russia prisoner swap, everybody. The U.S. WNBA Association superstar Brittany Griner on Thursday was freed from a Russian penal colony and is headed home thanks to a prisoner exchange for... The merchant of death, as they call him, Victor Bout. Um, Moments ago, President Biden uh, tweeted yesterday, I spoke to Brittany Grider. She is safe. She is on a plane. She's on her way home. And folks, she just landed in Texas about an hour ago. Thank God for that. I know her wife and family must be over the moon. Send them so much love today. We are so happy for them. Historic victory. The House has passed a bill to protect same-sex and interracial marriage. Wow. It's amazing that they needed those protections today. Civil rights proponents to cheered on Thursday after all 219 House Democrats and 39 Republicans voted to pass legislation enshrining recognition of same-sex and interracial partnerships just after a week, just over a week after the U.S. Senate did the same. The Respect for Marriage Act, which President Joe Biden is expected to sign into law as soon as this week, jettisons the definition of marriage as between a man and woman and requires all states to recognize the validity of legally obtained marriage licenses regardless of gender or race. However, the ball stops short of codifying the right of same-sex and interracial couples to marry nationwide. Although the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that state laws barring interracial and same-sex marriages were unconstitutional in Loving versus Virginia and in the Oberfell versus Hodges cases, uh, the Respect for Marriage Act does not prevent states from prohibiting such partnerships in the event the high court overturns those precedents. And those are just two of the big headlines on the San Peter Jackson Show. We've got Pastor Tisha Dixon-Williams, of course, her book, her book, you've got to get it, everybody. 
I see you, sis. Go to Amazon and get that book. You will be blessed by it. I see you, sis, for women, and particularly black women, who many studies show are unseen. Indeed, when we go to the hospital, they feel that we don't have, feel pain as much as we do. That is the foundation of American gynecology. Uh, the f- doctor, who is the father of American gynecology, experimented on black women without anesthesia without any painkillers. Can you imagine? Uh, Because he felt that black people didn't suffer as much as white people did. We don't feel pain the same way. Wow. Wow. I see you, sis. What a profound title. What a profound book. So glad to hear your voice today. How are you, Pastor? Okay. Do we have Pastor Tisha Dixon-Williams up? Yes, I'm Oh, okay. What, how are you? How are you? It's good hearing your voice. You're having a little trouble with sound today, but we're working it out. My board op is the best. It's always great to be with you all, always, always. And it's so great to hear your voice as well. Well, talk to me. What is the good news today? We need it. And I think we got some good news. We got some good news about Brittany Griner. We got some good news about uh, some marriages being affirmed. We've, we've gotten some good news, but, you know, this is a Christmas season, and it's a tough time for people, interestingly enough. This holiday season that's so full of joy for so many um, mm-hmm. is fraught with so much pain for so, 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 so many others. Certainly it's a time of reflection for us all. Absolutely. It really is. And that's kind of what I want to talk about in some way today. I want to tell everyone that you have a choice. There's so much going on in the world. There's so much going on in our personal lives. And you have the freedom of choice. I want to highlight one character in the Bible, or rather I should say a biblical personality, whose name is Orpah. And Orpah is the sister of Ruth. And while Ruth is often heralded, we often vilify Orpah because she made a choice. While Ruth made a choice to go on with Naomi, turn back to her homeland, for those of you who don't know the story, Orpah made a decision to go back to her homeland as opposed to carrying on with her mother-in-law, a decision that cost her unpopularity and forced her into a life, quite frankly, of obscurity. She chose to head back to a familiar place, and theologians would pose that she was headed for self-destruction fueled by self-deception. And maybe that's how people have regarded you today because of the decisions that you made. But I say she was actually headed for self-realization that led to self-actualization. Self-destruction? I think not. Try self-deconstruction. Is there anybody on the line today that needs to head towards self-deconstruction? I believe there's someone who knows what I'm talking about today. A major shift has occurred in your life, whether it was the depression of death, the misfortune of a miscarriage, the permanency of a personal injury, the devastation of a termination, or the ravaging of financial ruin. Whatever you went through, I want to congratulate you today. Because even as you stood crying like Orpah at a crossroads, you mustered the courage to break down every fundamental thought, practice, and ideology you've ever known to put yourself back together again, piece by piece. So for those people who would tell you you were headed for self-destruction, I want you to say today, no. Try self-discovery, self-care, 
self-preservation, self-praise, and now you are self-made. I think about that meme, that clip from Empire, where she says, I've got to put myself first, Lucius. I've got to put myself first. I'm talking to the person who made the unpopular decision, and today you are making the choice to put yourself first. Keep in mind that culturally every decision was made for Orpah, who to marry, where to live, what to do, and maybe that's your life too. And for the first time, you want to celebrate having the luxury of choice. It is your choice how you use your life. The next move that you make, guess what? You have the choice. You have the choice to choose a path not paid for someone else or by someone else. And that's why we have to use caution when we look from the outside and criticize others' life choices. We are very quick to say, oh, you left that good job. You left that good man. You left that good place. Oh, you had it so good over there. But let me tell you this this morning. Just because it looks good to you doesn't mean it's good for them. One more time. Just because it looks good to you doesn't mean it's good for them. And who are we to judge other people's choices when God doesn't do that to us? God, in fact, is a God of choice. God says you can choose when you come out of a thing. God says you can choose whether you live blessed or live stressed. God is such a God of choice that God says, choose ye this day who you'll serve. God says you even have a choice to love me or leave me alone. So I want to say today that you have a choice. You get to choose the kind of life you live. You get to choose the people that you surround yourself by. You can either kiss them goodbye like Orpah did, or you can cling. What season are you in? Are you kissing when you should be clinging? Are you cleaving when you should be leaving? Are you wishing for change when you should be wishing them well? Or are you keeping the peace to avoid the peace out? Orpah said goodbye and made a choice to do what she had to do. And I pray the same for all of you. You have a choice. And that's the good news. That is the great news. Amen, amen, (laughs) amen, amen. We do have a choice. We do have a choice. And you can choose or lose. But guess what? Whether you actively choose or not, Pastor, guess what? We've chosen. But we do have a choice. We have power. Thank you so much for that. Because when you say that we have a choice, you're letting us know that. We have power. Get the book. I see you, sis. You see how she breaks down the Bible and makes it real for everybody. You don't have to be a believer to understand what this great woman of God brings to us every Friday. And we're so grateful for her. I can't wait for her to get back to Chicago. And I can't wait to get to New York to see you. How about that? Absolutely. It'll be soon. You have no idea. It'll be soon. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Sending you much love. Sending you much love. We, of course, have. I was about to call you a reverend, but you sure do have an evangelical zeal about infection prevention. The brilliant Dr. Shanina Knighton, registered nurse, college lecturer, the executive director of the Association for Professionals in Infection Control and Epidemiology's IPC Research Practice and Innovation Center. You know, it's, it's what is stunning to me. As we're looking at the World Health Organization trained healthcare workers to help to deal with um, RSV and COVID and other infections in Ukraine, and they should do that. That's very, very important. I am stunned by how few hospital beds we have in the United States for Americans. I mean, it is just, it is stunning to me that we have just under a million, according to the latest Statista uh, study, 
that we have under a million hospital beds, like 919,000, for all 330 million of us. And I, w- I want to know from you, just as someone who who's really focusing on wellness, but you have to deal with inf- in- infection prevention every day. You deal with our health every, every single day. That is real. That's, a, that's, that's your life. What do you think about that? I mean... Should we be training more healthcare workers? Should we have more health? Should we have more hospital beds? Um, should we have? Should we have a greater emphasis on infection prevention? You know, because like, okay, we uh, we in, instead of you know maybe looking at our stress levels, everybody pops a pill, <laughs> whether it's for your mental stability or you know just to get that headache down and. I, I'm just wondering, do we have the right approach to health, just generally speaking, Dr. Knighton? Is Dr. Knighton there? Yeah, I was talking on Good morning. So it's interesting, and I think as somebody that has been in healthcare for over a decade, it is crazy to me because one thing I can say is that it's always been the case that we've had less than a million hospital beds and we have you know I was going to say it was like 1.7 million nursing home beds and we already knew that let's say we had more baby boomers and that there would be more people in the United States um, that would be older than younger however One of the things that does perplex me is that it does not correlate with the population of 330 million people, right? Which is why, yes, to your point, our approach to health should be different, where it should be more focused on preventative than it is reactive, which is what happens a lot of the times. The reason that this is important is because when we think about Let's say some like even now with COVID, RSV, and flu, one percent of our population cannot get sick, and we be able to survive. And when I say we be able to survive, I'm talking about our healthcare systems. Mm-hmm. We don't even have, we barely have enough healthcare workers to be able to cover all of the care that's needed within the facilities. If we're talking about a workforce of about like let's say twenty, I'm gonna give it twenty-seven million people in healthcare. For 330 million people, that's not a lot of people to be able to provide care. Now, provided everyone's not going to be ill at the same time, everyone's not going to require care at the same time, but you would think that in times like this, preventative measures, having things for people to do at home would be ideal. I do think that the COVID home testing kit was a start. I'm not going to tell you that it was perfect. But it's one of the very few times that in the United States they actually put care into the hands of citizens, meaning, hey, if you feel sick, then get tested, and we're going to actually give you the testing kit, opposed to you having to come inside of a healthcare facility or to a clinic or to one of the understaffed areas to be able to get care. Now, I mentioned to you the baby boomers and our aging generation. We have known also, too, for decades that there was going to be a shortage in health care because when the baby boomers retired, that was going to give our health care system a heavy hit. COVID has expedited that. There are so many people retiring because of burnout. 
there are people that are retiring and going to another field because of how unethical things have been in healthcare. And not because systems are purposely trying to do it, but it's robbing Peter to pay Paul to make sure that they stay in business. You also have the conundrum of, let's say now, now, you know, it's taken all these years for nurses to be paid more. So they don't even pay the nurses at the actual facility what they should pay, which means that now you're looking at a whole bunch of nurses that have given up their jobs for 10, 15 years to go and travel because the money is better. Mm. So there's multiple factors that go into this, and I know I've said it so many times before. I tell people, please be the CEO of your own health. I'm like, because the system that you believe should be protecting you can only help you but so much if it is already strained, if it is already in a situation of where things are not ideal. Absolutely. And when I think that ideal, it's just not enough. It's not enough resources. It's not. It's it's not where it needs to be. That's why, you know, I, I just saw that and I was thinking about it because I was talking with my family about health issues over the past few days. And I said, we don't even have a million hospital beds in the United States. I asked my father and he, I said, Dad, how many hospital beds do you think we have in America? And he looked at me and said, okay, how many? I said, no, 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 no. You tell me. And his mouth fell open when I told him. I said, not nearly enough. And instead of trying to kill affirmative action so that you don't get more doctors and nurses and workers in the field, you ought to be expanding it so you can get more people educated. So they can, we can get them in the field building hospitals. That's what other countries are doing. Let's talk about Brittany Griner and Kirsten Cinema. Back in a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. 773-763-9278. I want you to call WCPT, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. That is my home here. WCPT and AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. It's a joy to be with you today, particularly today on Friday, December 9th. Brittany Griner, after 10 months, is free. She is now back on American soil, having landed in Texas a little more than an hour ago. We're so excited that she is home. But what does that mean? Who was swapped the merchant of death? Uh, but, you know, this is what happens. I told you these imprisonments are political and they held on to Brittany. Um, and I so I give we have to give credit to uh, President Biden and uh, Secretary of State Blinken and their team uh, for pushing through these negotiations in the time of war with Russia, because we are really in a hostile place with that country. But we also have to give credit to the Russians uh, for releasing her. They did not have to do that. Everyone has their laws. I know you don't want to hear that from me, but here it is. People have their laws, and when they are not observed, even unintentionally, there are consequences. Uh, But you do need justice and mercy, and we are glad that she is at home. We do know that she would not have willfully and willingly violated anyone's laws and uh she left there with these vape cartridges with cannabis oil uh she probably got them there how about that 
So, you know, but that's speculation on my part. I cop to that. But I'm so glad that she is going to be back with her wife, her children, and her family of origin. We're just so grateful, so grateful. We've got uh, sports attorney Shannon Holmes with us today to talk about it. But before we do, I've got to get my order in with you. Sure, Pearl Wells, because I know I want my greens filled with ham hocks. I know I want my string beans filled with ham hocks. I have to figure everything else out because I love my capon that I got for, you know, we tore it up. I told you, one of my dear girlfriends who made her transition, she wanted some of your food. And just before she went on to glory, she, I think she had three of your ham hocks. Pulled them out of. <laughs> just, I was like, what? She said, "Give it, give, give me another one. Give me, give me another one." Bless her heart. Bless her heart. But thank you so much for giving her that gift. What's on your mind today? Can can we still play some orders so that we can get our Christmas vittles in with you? Santita, I literally have about three more orders, and I'm pushing it. <laughs> now, how do you know it. you have three more orders? I hope I'm in because, that number. Huh. <laughs> well, you know, I always put you in there. Because I'm only taking limited orders for delivery for Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, we are not delivering. So we're doing pickups and delivery on the 24th for a certain number of customers. So uh, I had a lot of corporate orders that are this week and next week. So I had to limit the number of orders I'm taking. But please give us a call at 708-526-4546. 708-526-4546. We are still doing your turkey, your dressing, your ham, your mac and cheese, your green beans, your greens, as well as also your um, your potato salad. We're doing um, our sweets, which is our peach cobbler, banana pudding, caramel cake, red velvet cake, German chocolate cake, Christmas cookies, whatever it is that you need for your holiday table. Don't hesitate to give us a call. 708-526-4546, 708-526-4546. We look forward to serving you. Thank you so much, Santita. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put in an order for one of those sweets. I'm going to share it with my father. He's not supposed to have it. Everybody, if you have Parkinson's, you are not supposed to have sugar, okay? But he tries to sneak it in every now and then. But my brother is the food, brother Yusuf is the food police. <laughs> We all kind of, well, and my mother, too, all of that. So there you have it. We're sending much love to Shapiro Wells and celebrations by us. Let us talk about Brittany Griner. We've been waiting 10 months for this moment. We were got the, we got the breaking news yesterday that in a prisoner swap with a renowned arms dealer, uh, Brittany Griner, it was negotiated between Russia and the United States uh, to let her go in exchange for Victor Boot or Victor Bout. And so we're very, very grateful that that has happened. But people are wondering about Paul Whelan. Uh, Paul Whelan, former military man who was dishonorably j- discharged from the military, who carries many different citizenships. In addition to being an American citizen, this Marine is also British. He's Irish and Canadian. Wow. So as people are making um, making uh, a lot of hay about him still being in Russia, it's very clear that just from those facts alone that his case is a little complicated. But Brittany Griner is home, Aaron Connolly, and we're so grateful for that. Attorney Aaron Connolly, brilliant political strategist. You know I'm going to have to ask you about Kirsten Cinema. I've got to ask you that before I, you know. <laughs> That's the breaking news this morning, too, before we get to Attorney Holmes. What is the deal with her? 
just very quickly. We'll go into that more on Monday. Attorney Connolly? Hello. Well, good morning, Stampita. Good morning. We'll Kirsten, and- on you. <laughs> Please don't. Please do not. <laughs> we. No, I've been I've been out of Arizona full time uh, for for five years now. But um, uh, yes, I, I will cop you back in the day when Kirsten Cinema was was still a uh, progressive and making her uh, her shift into um, we'll call her a a moderate Republican, I guess. Um, moderate. No. <laughs> I'm not she's sure. She's a corporatist. Sure she's a corporatist. Yeah, that's all. Um, so, so yes, I, 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 I will, I will take a portion of, of that, but, um, I've, uh, I will not, uh, own all of her. <laughs> well, you know, well, clearly the Democrats can't either because we were 51-49, but now that is not the case. But, you know, we still have a 50-49 majority, so I guess I will just have to take that unless she decides to caucus with the Republicans. So let's get to Brittany Griner. Uh, Attorney Shannon Holmes, and of course we're joined by Dwight McKee. Uh, let me start with you today, uh, my California friend. I'm so glad we were able to get with you today. Um, what is, were you surprised by the release? Because it seems that they have been in fervent negotiations for some time. The the administration has been in negotiations with the Russians in a time of war, which I think is, I don't think we can say that enough because that's really interesting. Uh, but that having been said, um, what do you what do you think about that? I mean, because now you also have Republicans who are making hay of the fact that you know, look, we still have this former U.S. Marine who has four different citizenships <laughs> still over there. So I'm like, his case is a lot more complicated than um, than the corporate media are projecting. They're not even letting you know that. I read that in a BBC report. Um, but what is our takeaway? Because I think that we can't let go of these issues that were unearthed by her imprisonment. Um, she brought up equal pay, the pay gap between the WNBA and the NBA, uh, the fact that black women have to work 263 additional days to make what a white man makes in 365 days. Uh, The fact that the pay gap between the WNBA and the NBA is so vast, the missed opportunity for the NBA to blow up the WNBA as we blow up women's basketball during the Olympics. There's just so much here. Wherever you want to begin is fine with me, Attorney Holmes. Well, good morning, Santita and friends, and thanks for having me. Um, this is certainly a wonderful day um, on the heels of Brittany Griner being returned to the U.S. to her family. Um, but, of course, our prayers are with the with the Wayland family, and we're certainly hoping that he will be released sooner than later. Um, you're, you're right, Santita. There's so many things here. Um, and, and just last week, I was visiting with a friend, an attorney that's working for the WNBA, and she explained to me that the position that the NBA has is that the WNBA has to sustain itself economically. And as you and I have discussed before, I, I think it's important to say, I mean, the NBA made about $10 billion in profit last year. Um, what I would love to see is what we saw in in an attempt to get Brittany Griner home. We saw the athletes from all sports, but particularly the NBA and the WNBA women advocating for her return and release. I'd love to see the WNBA Players Union and the NBA Players Union come together and and ask the, the NBA owners to subsidize it, the WNBA just a little bit. 
You know, there are a lot of times when we have situations in this country where, for instance, housing, you know, we would love for everyone to be able to afford housing on their own, but they can't. So, you know, federal government, local government, we subsidize so that people can have a place to live, uh, home, and then they can go and work and do the other things they need to do to contribute to the economy and society. I think if we're going to lift up women's basketball, we're going to need the NBA particularly uh, to help subsidize this this league so that these women can make a little bit more money and not have to be uh, not feel that they have to go overseas to earn a certain level of income to subsidize their lifestyles. And so I would just I, I, I and again, I haven't been an economics major. I, I love capitalism. I understand profit and loss, understand gains. But I think this is one of those unique situations where um, we just need the NBA uh, owners to help subsidize the WNBA to give these ladies a better uh, situation in terms of playing, earning, and uh, and marketing themselves here in the U.S. But don't you think that would be good business? I mean, because when we start talking about subsidies, you know, people, you know, the hair on the back of folks' necks begin to rise because they say, oh, my goodness, you know, it's a giveaway. No, it's not. When we, there is great, if you look at Venus and Serena, they are the perfect case study for for people being interested in women who play sports at the highest level. I mean, Venus and Serena, Venus and Serena was so tough. They moved, I remember the year, because I was there. They moved the, uh, I think it was the finals of the of the U.S. Open to primetime, and Aretha Franklin sang the national anthem. Never will forget it. <laughs> You know, because it was like everybody wanted to see Venus and Serena. I mean, when not when Martina Navratilova and Chrissy Everett were at the height of their rivalry, you want you tuned in, you wanted to see them. They were just great. Billie Jean King, it was King, it was just great. And she's the one who really broke ground on on all of this. They're just great. And during the Olympics. We want to see these women, and we are excited that they win. And I mean, and they, I mean, and the viewership is extremely high. So, I mean, they could twin the games. Attorney Shannon Holmes, brilliant sports attorney, they could do that. They, I mean, they could decide, make a business decision to grow the league. They could do that because these women are essentially, they are being forced to get a second job. And that, you know, that is really hard on the body, Attorney Holmes. I mean, this is awful. Yes. Yes. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I think we've got to, I think the minds, the collective minds have to come back to the table and revisit how do we approach professional women's basketball in our country um, in terms of scheduling, in terms of when they play. Right now, the ladies play primarily in the summer. And, of course, the men play from October through uh, basically through June. I mean, their season runs all the way through June in terms of the final playoffs and finals. But I think we just need to get those great minds back to the table and revisit how do we market, how do we establish this league as a premier league, not only in this country, but worldwide, so that, um, and, and so that the ladies from other countries may want to come here and play with our ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, again, boosting, boosting viewership. We know that the NBA has a huge foreign appeal. We know how big that is across the world. Um, and we'd like to see that same thing happen with the WNBA so these ladies can, again, have an opportunity to earn a little more and not be forced to put so many, as you say, so many hours in, on their body in an attempt just to earn for their skill set. I mean, these ladies are the best in the world at what they do, and yet they're just not able to earn 
um, based on that skill set. So I, I agree with you, Cynthia. I'd love to see those minds come back to the table and revisit how to promote and uplift women's basketball in this country that will have a worldwide, worldwide appeal. I mean, because let's not act like they didn't use Michael Jordan to get worldwide appeal. Let's not act like they didn't use Bird and Larry to make the league what it was, what it became, so they could use a Michael Jordan in the next decade. I mean, come on, that's what they did. They they oh, knew what absolutely. to do. If they want to grow something, absolutely. they know they attorney homes. They sure know how to do it. They're just not doing right. it. They're opting not to do it. Uh, attorney Aaron Connolly, before we get to you, uh, Dwight McKee. First of all, your reaction to her release. And, you know, and then you have the politics of it. You have, you know, people who are saying, oh, you know, Paul Whelan and his family for their portion. They have been so gracious. They have been so gracious by embracing her release. And we just thank God for for them. And we thank God for uh, we pray for the health and safety and the safe return of Paul Whelan. But, you know, as you read about his case, you see that it is a little complicated. I didn't know that he had held four passports. And um, so I just said, whoa, there's a lot going on here. But we certainly do want him home. But it's complicated. That having been said, um, your reaction to her finally getting home after 10 months, it's almost been a year. Almost a year. And thank you, Santita, and thanks to your your father and the Rainbow Push Coalition and all of their national and international partners that from the very beginning made this story a big one and kept talking about Brittany, kept talking about the impact on her family, talked about for months and months these issues around the pay gap and how this exists not only in women's sports, um, not just women's basketball, as Attorney Holmes I'm sure can speak to, but as we're seeing new women's leagues come up, whether that's soccer or hockey, and they they do gain popularity when they have support, right? And Brittany Griner is a superstar, and she should be treated like one. And um, her, I think the, the biggest relief, and she's been in our prayers, her family's been in our prayers, um, and we think about every, everyone who is going through this with someone in their family who's incarcerated anywhere, right? And I, I want us to keep that at top of mind as well. That is a, a, a difficult and traumatic thing, not only for the person incarcerated, whether they are innocent or guilty, but their family and the ripple impact on that. So my prayer is, is that she's getting all of the support she needs when she's back home, that she's able to process this injustice, that she's able to um, integrate emotionally back with her family and that this isn't going to be a difficult process for her, but it is for, for millions of people that are incarcerated and um, come back in, into their life. Right. So, so that's, that's my prayer for her. It's, it's, it's a great relief that the Biden administration made this happen. Um, Politically, I think any sort of response otherwise is, is, is kind of, Ridiculous, right? Acting, acting as if you know the the ins and outs of of international policy and politics, and what what this prisoner um, has given the United States and his his long incarceration already, and what what the value of that that um, asset is. I think it's pretty presumptuous of a normal American without without a national security clearance, right? So so I I, I I'm hesitant to, to to weigh in too much because I I don't have that either. Um, I think the response from the Whelan family is, is how we should be, mm. um, we should respond, right? The graciousness, the relief that someone else 
is free. That 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 is how we we should be responding to this, Absolutely. and with the hope that with these negotiations, and your father's been in many of these these high profile prisoner exchange negotiations over the last 50 years, right? We see that when there is this dialogue, even under uh, the international uh, situation with Ukraine, it's more likely when there's a conversation that other prisoners can be released and things can be worked out, right? The conversation started, our prayer is that that working with those other uh, allied partners that have a vested interest in him being released, that some, something can can um, come out of this that's, that's great for that family, too. But I think um, saying we have to do everything all at once is, is presumptuous and doesn't really understand the nuances and complexities of these prisoner exchanges and uh, the international law and uh, the nuanced international politics behind it. Not to mention the fact that, you know, many of us, I think, in our hubris, in this excessive pride and arrogance, don't realize. And one of the things I've learned from Reverend Jackson is that when you negotiate these releases, you go in with humility. You know, because he's had to walk into war-torn areas that were uh, primarily, I think, what surprises people is that he goes to places that are hostile in which we are engaged in hostilities. And he's able to bring our people back home. Uh, Dwight McKee. What did you what do you make of this, particularly at this moment of in this time of war? Do you think this might even, you know, first of all, your reaction to to the freeing of Brittany Griner? And do you think this might even be a small opening to peace negotiations with the Ukraine? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> okay. think that they use uh, Brittany for leverage to get their guy out of jail and it was always a well planned very well executed by Russia to use her as leverage to get who they really wanted out which is the who they call the doctor of death mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's a very unique situation and you can't necessarily read into it a change in position of Russia uh, it's unfortunate that women have to play overseas, but I think what you experience with women's basketball is culture shock. That is, it's a league that is mostly black women, many of whom are gay, having to appeal to conservative white women and Christian black women. And it's hard to carry a league without those audiences. It's uh, The NBA had a chance to graduate into a black league. It started out for the first 50 years a white league and was really integrated by the ABA and the rise of black players in the ABA. And so there were some cultural adjustments that could be made uh, in the National Basketball League. I think women are going to have to have a strategy to help make that kind of adjustment broaden their appeal, and particularly among women, because that's who really, you know, who has the dollars, that's who buys the advertising. Uh, That's where I think the real market can be. But I think that they can't do that without, won't be able to do that without a strategy. I think subsidizing the league is a good idea. Um... If, if if they're willing to do it, uh, just so there's some parity, 
there'll never be equity because the numbers don't just don't work. Some of these ball players make forty, fifty, sixty million dollars a year. But I think that you can really even a playing field so that they can make a bona fide living because these these women are great athletes. They're great athletes, but but, you're, but but hold on. You brought up something, you know, this the social side uh, that you're appealing to uh, women, you know, who have conservative social inclinations. You know, just to put it that way broadly. Um, uh, but yeah, and you look at and these women are black. Many of them are gay. Not all, but many. Um, but you know, my question. But we cheer them on during the Olympics, Dwight McKee. I mean, we want yeah, Team USA to win. You're not, but in the Olympics, you're really not cheering the team as much as you're cheering the country. Okay. And the women just in the forefront of that. You need to have emotional, personal bonding and relationships with the players and the teams for that to transfer. But they cheer everybody in the Olympics that got a red, white, blue flag on so that's not inherently transferable. Hmm. What do you think about this, everybody? I want you to call us at 773-763-WCPT, 773-763-9278. Let's talk about Brittany Griner. Let's talk about that. If you want to stick in something about Kirsten Cinnamon, I'm, Cinnamon, I'm not opposed to that. Here we had 5149 it's, it's after Raphael Warnock won. <laughs> and now she announces this morning, I'm leaving the party. Well, Goodbye. What does that mean? You know, we'll be talking about that more extensively on Monday, but I want to hear your thoughts about that today. And what about Brittany Griner? What about Brittany Griner? Are you glad that she's home? What about this? I could not imagine it, but some Republicans actually have pushback about this young woman getting home. Unbelievable. They said, well, you know, Paul Whelan stood up for the flag, but she refused to respect the flag. She kneeled. I'm like, really? Are you serious now? Now, who's not being supportive of another American? Hmm? You tell me. 773-763-9278. You cannot make this stuff up. I am Santita Jackson. I want to hear from you, and I want you to like and share the show. Go on over to the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel, the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel, and meet me on Facebook at Santita Jackson and Friends. Not the Santita Jackson page, but the Santita Jackson and Friends page, and on Twitter at Santita J. I can't wait to be with you in just a few more minutes as we continue this discussion about Brittany Griner. She's home now, everybody. She's back on American soil. Thank God. Back in just a minute. We can change the world, change the world, change the world. Oh, yes, we can. We can change the world. We can change the world, change the world. We this is the Santita the Jackson Show. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show on WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station. Used to be AR America, but now we are WCPT, the Heartland Signal. Please check us out. And AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. And all of my people up at AM 950 Radio, all of my people, Chad Larson and company, sending you so much love today in this Christmas season. And for our brothers and sisters, sisters who are not of the Christian faith, I pray that the season uh, 
the season, this the spirit of the season be with you at this time. I'm aware that many of us are celebrating many different holidays, but this is one of the high holy days for Christian people, and I pray that this loving spirit will envelop us all. It's December 9th. 2022, Friday. Brittany Griner has been freed. She has been freed. I want you to let me know what your thoughts are. 773-763-9278. We've got a powerful panel who are helping us to make sense of all of this as we are listening to the Paul Whelan family. They have been so gracious. They, of course, are heartbroken because they want their loved one to be home. He's been over there several years now. Uh, The former U.S. Marine, who has four different passports. There is a lot going on with that case, but we want him home. If you're going to release the merchant of death, but it's complicated, everybody. But there was a prisoner exchange, and now Brittany Griner is back in the United States. Just a couple of hours ago, she landed in Texas, and she will uh, receive the care that she needs, and then she'll be able to go home, sending her so much love, and I want to hear what your thoughts are today on the Santita Jackson Show. Let's get to some headlines. It's about 38 degrees right now here in Chicago. The high will be 40 degrees, and it will rain. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, the high will be 34 degrees, and there will be snow. In the NFL, last night, the Rams bested the Raiders. Ooh, it's a heartbreaker. The Rams 17, the Raiders 16, and the NBA, the Timberwolves will be playing the Jazz tonight. The Bulls will have the night off. And in the NHL, the Jets will be playing Chicago, and the Wild will be playing the Oilers. On her way home, that is the headline all over the world. WNBA superstar Brittany Griner freed in a U.S.-Russia prisoner swap. And, hmm, surprise, surprise, Kirsten Cinema announced this morning, just this morning, about two and a half hours ago, that she is now leaving the Democratic Party. She will be an independent. Will she caucus with the Republicans? Will she caucus with the Democrats? Will she caucus with both parties some of the time? We don't know. We'll be talking about that more next week on the Santita Jackson Show. Just what does that mean? What does that mean? I want you to let me know, 773-763-9278, There was a historic victory yesterday. President Joe Biden is expected to promptly sign the Respect for Marriage Act, which uh, will guarantee which will protect on a federal level uh, the right of same the rights of same sex and interracial couples to marry uh, he's expected to sign it as soon as this week that jettisons the definition of marriage as between a man and a woman. It requires all states to recognize the validity of legally obtained marriage licenses regardless of gender or race. However, the bill does stop short of codifying the right of same-sex and interracial couples to marry nationwide. States' rights, folks. States' rights, folks. That is the order of the day. And those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show. Everybody, Financial freedom, it is within your grasp. We need you to call Team Hochberg at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or go to 56david.com. You'll get a free consultation. Tell them all of your troubles. If you are using that debit card, mm -mm, you shouldn't use it. You need to get a credit card. You say, I don't have enough good credit. Call Team Hochberg. They will help you to work that out. They will come up with a plan so that you can clean up your credit and get a credit card. What if you have credit card debt? Let them negotiate with the credit card companies so that you can 
maybe lose some of these credit cards. Well, certainly you can pull down that debt. Do you want to buy a house? Do you need to hold on to your house? Are you struggling to pay that mortgage? Team Hochberg will help you. Call them at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or go to 56david.com. Look, when you get the free consultation, tell them everything. They've heard it all. They know it all. And guess what? They will help you through it all. You can get the FHA loan, the VA loans, all of these financial products that you might not even know about. They know them, and you need to get their assistance. Tom and Sonia did. They had 17 credit cards, $100,000 of credit card debt. But it could happen to anyone. And they were struggling to pay their mortgage, which had a 6% uh, mortgage rate. Well, what did they do? They called Team Hochberg. They said, it can't hurt. Well, it actually did help. They were able to lower their credit card payments by $2,800 a month. And they were able to get a VA loan to hold on to their homes. But they needed an advocate. And Team Hochberg will be that for you. So call them at 855-56-DAVID or go to 56david.com and get your assistance today. Everybody, what about Brittany Griner? We have got a tremendous panel. We're going to help us to break all of this down. I want to get some comments from everybody. We've got, of course, the former president, national president of the National Organization of Women's Civil Rights Attorney, Terry O'Neill, uh, attorney Mark Fancher, and we have got attorney Aaron Connolly. We've got Dwight McKee. We've got a sports attorney. Shannon Holmes, who has been such an advocate for these women who are playing uh, in the WNBA. And um, we, of course, uh, it's just, it's, I'm very, very excited to have all of you with us today. Let me start with you, Attorney Terry O'Neill. One of the, one of the issues that has been uncovered by, um, by all of this, by, by her arrest, by her imprisonment, is the fact that women have to go overseas. These top athletes, these top athletes, they're among the best conditioned people in the world. They have a very refined skill set. But these women, unlike their male counterparts in the WNBA, have to go overseas so that they can make you know, triple, sometimes ten times what they make in the United States. Uh, because the pay gap is real, and the NBA, um, we feel they should be doing more to promote the league, but there it is. Uh, what do you make of her release, and what do you make about the issues that have been on earth, and what can we do to move the ball forward? Well, Santina, I'm just thrilled by her release. You know, uh, Brittany Griner is, uh, is she's inspiring to so many uh, people, women, but also especially girls. Uh, she's, uh, you know, she's, she's one of the best basketball players of all time. And, yeah, the reason that she was in Russia is because of the really jaw-dropping pay disparities between male basketball players and female basketball players. Right now, uh, the, the average NBA salary is about $7.5 million. And that's the NBA, but the average WNBA salary is about $116,000. Okay, and so people say, well, the WNBA doesn't make as much money. That's true, but under their collective bargaining agreement, the WNBA players get 20% of uh, what, the, what the league brings in, whereas... NBA players get 50% of the shared revenue within their league. 
so so that's it's that that fifty percent for the men versus twenty percent for the women that I think is is really the telling number. And as a result, yeah, Brittany Griner and a lot of uh, of women basketball players do go overseas. And you know, first of all, we know now they shouldn't go to Russia. They put themselves up for kidnapping, essentially, which is what I think happened to Brittany Griner and being held as a political hostage. But but the other thing that they do is 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 put their bodies on the line. It is not good to be playing year-round. They really need that off-season to, um, you know, to, to rest their bodies. Basketball is a tough sport. Absolutely. Attorney Mark Fancher, your read on this. Well, I, I think that uh, we have to back up, as I always suggest that we do, and uh, keep things in perspective. <laughs> How did I know you were going to do that? Let's turn this car around. Yeah, and and, and, and certainly um, I, I share in the joy uh, that everyone has about her release, but I also recognize that she's property, uh, and I think it's consistent with what we've been talking about. Uh, she she is an asset of a major corporation, and for that reason, uh, she is the subject of a major swap arranged by the U.S. government. Uh, and we have to remember that if she were Lakeisha from the south side of Chicago who got caught up over in Russia because of some weed or something, I don't think you would see this type of thing happen. It really goes to the fact that she is an asset, that she's property. As an, indip- in, as an individual, she possesses no power, uh, no status that would warrant uh, this type of attention by uh, the, the, you know, the, the chief the commander-in-chief of the United States government, uh, but because she is an asset of a corporation, that's what happens. And I think that it really suggests that those of us of African descent really need to think hard about our status in the world. Uh, In this whole Ukraine-Russia conflict, uh, look at the treatment of African people in Ukraine. Uh, You know, the abuse has been extraordinary. Uh, The discrimination has been blatant. Uh, and it, in, as a matter of fact, uh, the, there was very little attention given to Brittany Griner at first when she got caught mm-hmm. up. Uh, the government did not make her a priority. And so I think it requires us uh, to really think about to what extent we really are, as African people, first-class citizens. Are we? Uh, or do we have a lesser status that demands that we develop our own independent source of power? And for me, it revives uh, an inspiration to pursue uh, a Pan-African objective and specifically to develop an independent source of power uh, by, uh, by initially purging from the African continent uh, foreign business interests, foreign corporations and others who are dominating and exploiting it, uh, purging the continent of the U.S. military, which dominates it and exploits it, and establishing the United States of Africa, uh, you know, consolidating those more than 50 countries into one powerful superpower uh, that commands the respect and the loyalty of African people throughout the world. Uh, Africa's resources, natural and otherwise, are unsurpassed. And when we're talking about the plight of individuals, very often what happens to them, their fate depends upon who they're connected with. In Brittany Griner's case, she was connected to the WNBA, and so that was sufficient to rescue her. But not everybody has that, and we want that for everybody. 
And if every African person around the world is connected with an African superpower that commands the respect of everyone, people throughout the world will not even place individual African people, even anonymous, anonymous ones, in these type of predicaments because of fear of the loss of Africa's resources, fear of the reprisals that are, are always potentially available for Africa when any of its children are in any way threatened. And I really think that has to be an agenda for African people everywhere to use this as inspiration to once again look at the need for independent uh, power, uh, independent uh, opportunities to ensure our safety and security, no matter what situations we find ourselves in. Hmm. Uh, Shannon Holmes, your thoughts? I mean, as now we're seeing President Obama as one of the leaders in the opening of uh, the NBA of Africa. Oh, no question. I think the, the, the general comments are spot on with regard to to our. You need to question whether we stand worldwide as uh, Africans and Blacks and, uh, and, and know our status, but. but um, you know, it's it's again, the, the, you know, it's it's a capitalist system, and you know, we can't demand that these NBA owners do anything, but we we can urge and encourage and hope that they will continue to consider subsidizing the the WNBA so that the. But you know, and I'll also make this comment to to that last point is that as much as Brittany, the WNBA helped Brittany in this case. I mean, I, I think if she wasn't a part of the WNBA, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the fact that she was a part of the WNBA definitely shed light on on her status and her situation, and and got her home today. I mean, so um, as as much as the WNBA, there are questions and there are issues with respect to pay and these women having to go overseas mm-hmm. to earn additional income. I think it helped her in this instance. Well, you know, I think a couple of things could happen because remember there was a negotiation between Major League Baseball and the Black and the Black Negro Leagues. The Negro Leagues had an opportunity to stay in business, but we traded it all away to desegregate the major leagues. And I don't think we should ever forget that lesson. I don't think we amplify that lesson enough because we lost a whole lot. I think we gained a whole lot with the great Jackie Robinson. I mean, I think of him at 53, uh, having passed away, looking like he was a worn 93. He absorbed so much. That having been said, black business had an opportunity not only to stay in business, but to expand and to compete with this major league. Mm, something to think about, everybody. Let me go to Craig, though, before I come back to the rest of the panel, because Craig has a very interesting story. And I want to thank my board operator, board operator for bringing Craig in. Uh, Craig, what's on your mind today? Good morning, Santita. I live in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And in 2002, I was sentenced to life imprisonment for marijuana. But last year, oh, I was wait. granted so clemency. marijuana, what? For, for possession? For marijuana for only. What? Conspiring to possess with the intent to distribute marijuana. Hmm. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people in federal prison right now, 33 of them serving life sentences for marijuana. Uh, Juan Cisneros has been there since 1994. But marijuana. Since I got so, out but, of prison, as you see these laws... Work- well, hold on one moment, Craig, because, I, because it's fascinating. I don't get a chance to speak to someone in your position uh, often. When you, so when you see the liberalization of these, of these marijuana laws, how does it make you feel? 
Um, unfortunately, angry at a lot of it because mm-hmm. it has become actually a trap. Illinois is actually locking up more people for marijuana since the uh, recreational marijuana laws took took effect in Illinois. Really? People don't realize that marijuana is just not legal. In Illinois, as in every state in the country, if you drive in your car with two pounds of marijuana on the passenger seat, a police officer will arrest you. And, for instance, in Illinois, you face a mandatory one to five years in prison for it. So the marijuana laws, because they're so shoddily assembled right now, are ending up imprisoning a lot of people. There's some of them that didn't even realize they were breaking the law. So what do you, how do you view this case with, with Brittany Weiner? Um, I'm a little unhappy. Of course I'm ha- happy that she's not in prison. Nobody belongs in prison for marijuana, period, mm-hmm. let alone a small user quantity. But um, I'm trying to use that for more attention because I now work with the lawyers that secured my freedom. And we represent 267 federal marijuana prisoners to President Biden for clemency. And one of those prisoners is named Sam Hansen. He made the vape cartridges exactly the same as as what Brittany Griner was caught with. He's serving 16 and a half years in a federal penitentiary in Yazoo, Mississippi. So do you see some inconsistency with the demand that we've made of the Russian government and how we treat American citizens here at home? Yes. And like one comparison I make is, and again, I, I, please don't think I'm detracting from the merits of uh, Ms. Griner's or Mrs. Griner's uh, release. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me share this with you as you continue. No, but hold on, let me share this with you as you contender. A, continue. A, I appreciate the fact that you called, and I appreciate the fact that you called, maybe with thinking that, well, maybe what I'm going to say is controversial. It takes a lot of courage, but I'm glad that you felt that you would be welcomed here and respected. But that having been said, I think that what you're doing is pulling out inconsistencies, you know, because we we are we prevailed upon Russia based upon human rights and they're violating her, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wait, wait, wait. this is happening in the United States right now. (laughs) Right now, Craig. Absolutely. And uh, the U.S. government left behind Mark Fogle, who was arrested with actually less marijuana than. Mrs. Grimes, at the exact same airport, and he's serving 14 years in the Russian prison. He's an American really? from the East Coast. So when you now, saw her sentencing, you were not surprised. Any she does. So, okay, so when you and saw I'm, her sentencing and her treatment, you were not surprised. You said, wait a minute, this, these are their laws, right? Well, put it this way. If the U.S. now charges her, as, uh, as some of the people I represent for exporting the marijuana to Russia as they can. She would be facing 12 to 16 years in a United States prison. And some people are now currently serving. Attorney Terry O'Neill, I've got about uh, a minute and a half and an attorney and attorney Holmes. I mean, what, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it, I mean, it's a real problem. There's a huge mismatch right now between 
federal uh, laws regarding cannabis, state laws, and uh, and even, you know, the, the enforcement and, and all the rest of it. What we do know right now is that actually I think a very strong majority of people across the country think that cannabis should be legal, uh, that the criminalization of marijuana and THC as part of the is, is one of the, one of the biggest um, uh, debacles in the failing war, so-called war on drugs. Um, it hits communities of color worse than it hits white communities, even though white people are as likely to, to, to smoke um, cannabis as uh, people of color. And um, and yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's pretty ridiculous. Right. I live in Oregon where uh, where marijuana is is legal. But if I were to take my empty vape pen on an airplane, that's federal. What the skies are <laughs> governed by federal law. And somehow I can't do that. Right. It, it, it's goofy. You know, it, it, it really doesn't make any sense. And it's such a trap for the unwary, um, all regarding um, a substance that should never have been made illegal in the first place. Sure, regulate it the way we regulate alcohol, but to make it a, a, a felony that that they can go and go to prison for is just has always, to my mind, just been completely ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, Attorney Holmes, I've got less than a minute. What do you make of, of Craig's story? And Craig, I don't want you to leave yet. I'd like for you to speak with us during the break, and I want to get some information from, from you because I'd love for you to be on the show sometime to talk about this because I think this is this is a big issue. Attorney Holmes, now you've got just under a minute. Oh well, thank you, Cynthia. Uh, you know, I have the privilege of serving as an assistant prosecutor in Dallas County, Texas, um, where our DA at the time made a major effort to have a number of people uh, released from prison that were only in prison or in prison for small crimes like marijuana. And so now our current, the current DA in Dallas County, Texas, also has a policy where he just will not accept cases for for small marijuana. Um, Possession, and so again, I agree with the other panelists that you know it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to have so many people imprisoned with uh, on on marijuana charges, specifically even for larger amounts. Especially when now uh, we've made it legal on so many different forms. And so I think it would be quite an outrage if Billy Clinton was charged with any other crime related to marijuana after all this incident. This is absolutely insane. This stuff is so uneven. Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show in just a few minutes. Craig, stay right there. I want to get your information. 773-763-9278. Let's talk about this. Boy, this has gotten a little complicated. I could just admit it on the Santita Jackson Show. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Oh boy, we've been talking to Craig. Got some, got an earful from him about um, about these marijuana laws in the United States that are st- state by state that are still on the books that are that are keeping people in prison right now for for decades. For decades, even as we celebrate uh, Brittany Griner's release today, I think we've got to look at that, too. That's part of it. The pay gap is part of it. Um, I, that, that's that's part of the story. Attorney Shannon Holmes 
and, and Dwight McKee and attorney Terry O'Neill and attorney Aaron Connolly and attorney Mark Fancher, all of these, these are all pieces here that we need to be looking at, attorney Holmes. All intertwined. And uh, I think a lot of things that happened under the Brittany Griner case, we were able to shine a light on some of the things that are happening with us and around us and provided context now for some of the things we need to reevaluate with respect to some of our laws and some of our alliances. And particularly, you know, when we're traveling to foreign countries, I think one of your previous guests mentioned it. We need to be very aware of how we're treated in those respective countries around the world. And, uh, you know, whether we're playing sport or not, just traveling, we need to be very aware of, of, of that treatment and the policies that go along with that. Well, you know, I mean, and Dwight, I think we need to be, we, we need to understand what the folkways and mores are of a country before we go. I think Americans take a lot for granted. Um, and then we're not, you know, we can travel, you know, from sea to shining sea and not skip a beat. That's almost unheard of in, you know, in the world, you know. Um, but, you know, I think because America has been uh, the country with the biggest stick for more than 100 years, uh, there's a certain um, incredulousness that... Uh, with which we react when we are arrested in these other countries or when, or when we have laws, when they have laws that we unknowingly or knowingly flout um, or break, and uh, we, we're not able to just walk away. I mean, who would have thought that Brittany Griner would have been in jail, ten, in prison, excuse me, in prison for 10 months? I mean, are you surprised by the length of time, of the length of her stay, Dwight McKee? Uh, not at all, because. Why not? Well, again, because Russia was leveraging. You know, one of the things that Trump said that was absolutely true is Putin is fairly bright in some areas. I mean, he thinks like a spy, and so they saw her as a major caveat, and they knew that the more time that they would give her, the more sympathetic. She would become it would the issue would become, and the more leverage they would have to be able to negotiate, because ultimately they saw her as a something they could leverage in order to get who they really wanted was the merchant of death out of jail, and it worked. Now I was a little surprised that Biden didn't insist. On some other, some other um, guys involved in in the negotiation, other guys involved in the trade, because the Merchant of Death is was such a, a caveat for the Russians, and I think he could have done a better job of negotiating. I think he could have gotten at least five guys out. Had it, had it been your father, he'd have gotten half the jail out because he just got that <laughs> skill set and understands. <laughs> Leverage, but um, I, I think that that the, the the time was not excessive because the goal really was not to keep her locked up. The goal was to create uh, enough tension and enough sympathy and enough pressure that then America would demand her release 
and then they can negotiate to get their, their guy out of jail. What, what do you think about that, uh, Aaron Connolly? Well, I mean, <laughs> this brings up so so many so many more issues as, as we're talking Quite about. Kind of took us around the moon on that on that call. Cause yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, but, I can hear your mind going. Like, wait a minute. But it's true, right? Someone who's yeah. advocated on um, equity and cannabis policy in Illinois and looking at mm-hmm. um, these other states and how we are <laughs> we are. Um, Maybe not living up to our our own values um, in in base in the basic sense that um, the American people um, should have a reasonable expectation that if they act, make make a mistake getting on an airplane like uh, the brilliant Terry O'Neill said that they're not going to go to federal prison, right? So so there's some big gaps in our own policies related to cannabis that we need to look at, and um, you know you brought up um, that. We had equal pay day yesterday for Latina women, meaning that Latinas need to work an extra a year. almost 12, a, a year longer for black women. It's September 21st. And um, that's inexcusable, whether you're in the WNBA or you're working in an accounting office um, or if you're out of college and going up uh, against one of your peers and getting paid fifteen to $20,000 less, right? When you start your job and you're making that much less, it's hard to catch up. And that's a big, big part of this, too. So there's there's so many pieces to this story and so many important policy um, policy things to discuss. But um, coming back to to Brittany Griner and the fact that she'll be home with her family for the holidays and that the Whelan family is supporting that decision and saying it's the right thing to do. I think we all need to come back to giving our government and giving these families the grace that we would want in this situation and leave some of this this judgment behind, right? These are humans. These are people. They are grieving. And everyone who is suffering with someone in prison, in their family, someone who's incarcerated, that they're away from, from their family, let's think about those people, too. As um, Mr. Fancher said, we have to have to think about all of these folks, whether they're, uh, you know, abroad in prisons and um, and that's a, an extra dangerous situation. But there are real people that don't have the power of the WNBA or a nation behind them advocating on their behalf in this country and out of this country. And we need to be more mindful and thoughtful about how our prison system works how we incarcerate individuals. I think the caller brought up some great points and we see some progress. Let's look at the state of California where Gavin Newsom is, um, you know, not uh, renewing some of these contracts on these, on these prisons and closing some of these prisons down. That's the Mm -hmm. next level of conversation we need to have if we're going to, to claim to be leaders on this issue. You know, I mean, Attorney Terry O'Neill, former national president of now, to me, this is all part of the same conversation, right? I mean, as we celebrate her homecoming today, and we do celebrate her homecoming, uh, there are other issues that, you know, that all of these cases, Attorney O'Neill continued to unearth. The pay gap. Then you get credit call out of the blue. Who's like, wait, wait, wait? I'm trying to advocate for people who, for mere possession of marijuana, possession, <laughs> are sitting in prison. Have been sitting in prison since the 90s. 
And I, mm-hmm. I cannot even tell you, I mean, the black people whose lives have been wrecked, the Latinos who've been wrecked, poor people who've been wrecked because of possession. And you know they don't have raids on college campuses for marijuana. And marijuana is, if you walk into a dormitory, you will get knocked out. You get a contact eye. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Can I get an amen, everybody? You know it's true. Come on. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. It's true. Everybody, we, most of us went to college here. What? You know it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, no. just, I think that there's some other conversations that we've got to tack on, that, not tack on, that we've got to bring in, put at, put at the center here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's uh, I was saying before. I mean, the, the the disparities. So so so, Brittany Griner is is really think about it. You've got these huge gender disparities in pay, um, in her, uh, you know, in, in in her profession, which is which is basketball. And then you have these huge racial disparities in um, in in the law and the way we treat, and, and especially in the way we implement laws around cannabis. You know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a recipe for maintaining the kind of of segregation that we still have in this country, right, Santina? We have a lot of segregation in the country, and a and a mm-hmm. big part of it is the the, the school prison pipeline um, in which the treatment of cannabis in this country is a big part of the school to prison pipeline the school to prison pipeline has decimated family uh, you've got you've got hugely disparate treatment of high school kids and and even um, uh, and certainly college kids in terms of how we treat kids in college who maybe smoke joint smoke joint a, a joint in college whether they are um, kids of color or white kids. I mean, it, it, the, all of these disparities, I think you're right. The, the Brittany Griner case allows us to take a look at these disparities and to say, you know, we really do need to change change the laws throughout the country. Hmm. I mean, Dwight, is this an opportunity for us to have a, a deeper conversation about the pay gap about these drug laws, I mean, because as you could hear from Craig, my presumption, he sounded like he was a white guy, um, and he was pulling up names that sounded like these were white people. And this is not discriminatory, everybody. I just, you know, at some point, black people are the canaries in the mine. It hits us first. We get pneumonia. You get the cold. But if you don't heal my pneumonia, your cold is going to turn into pneumonia. That's just the way it works. You know, I mean, Dwight, I think we need to we need to start looking at these drug laws. I mean, because they're still on the books here. Absolutely. And who they affect and how they affect them. Uh, I I think that 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 Britain is a unique situation that we have to take full advantage of. I'm not sure had she had Britney been Chinese. I'm not sure she's been arrested at all. Why? Because there was nothing to leverage her against. And Russia is trying to appease the Chinese. And so they probably would have just kissed and said goodbye to that had she been Chinese. So but you see this as a political act? Status. You see her arrest yeah, as a political of, act? Yeah, because of her unique status, mm-hmm. it gave them an opportunity to... Uh, to leverage something that they needed a, 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 a 
that kind of event, that kind of phenomenon to be able to play against. Which is why Paul is still in jail, because he does not bring that to the table. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is that I think that we have to use it as an opportunity to um, to raise the other issues of disparity, of culture, of uh, uh, homophobia, and all issues that came. I, I was fortunate enough with Reverend Sharpton, who was in town for the NBA, to meet Brittany's wife. And she's a delightful person and brilliant lady. And you could just feel the pain in her spirit mm-hmm. from missing her this wife. This is her wife. And you know, she's thinking that, am I ever going to see her again? <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine what she was going through. For real, for real. But, you know, maintain a real level of support and didn't give up. But again... She was operating with a international personality who had profiled and leverage. But for those of us, as Mark said, who don't have any of that, we kind of forgotten about in language in jail, and you know we don't have an advocate. We don't have. Excuse me, that kind of momentum. Well, you know, but Mark, you did make the point that she is a corporate asset, and as such. She got corporate support in, from the corporate media. Um, she got corporate so, uh, support from a corporatist government. But the people don't get this kind of support. Uh, to wit, the call, phone call from Craig, who said, hey, wait a minute. I'm advocating for people who are, who've been languishing in prison since the 90s for possession of marijuana. Attorney Mark Fancher. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. I mean, she she as long as an individual is making money or has the potential to make money for a corporation, they're, they're, they have some value. Uh, they will receive the support of uh, of the corporate, the capitalist structure. You can count on it. But the minute that Brittany Griner is no longer able to make money for the WNBA or for the sponsors and advertisers and anybody else, uh, she won't get this type of attention. She won't get this type of support. And and I think Dwight makes a good point about the politicization of situations. I mean, everyday people become the focus of the politicization of things. I mean, even with respect to the issue of marijuana and drugs and all of those kinds of things, as long as the perception is that criminalization of drug use, whether it's marijuana or anything else, is going to impact the powerless the most. That people of color in cities and otherwise, those are the ones who are impacted by the criminal system uh, and that they are the ones that bear the brunt of it, uh, then these kinds of things become cr- crimes. These are criminal matters. Uh, and people, when they're arrested for these things, face criminal consequences. When people who have power, when people who are of consequence from the perspective of the system begin to get caught up in these things, then these things cease to become criminal. Then they become health issues. Uh, these, then they become issues that require not a response by the criminal system, but by you know, the health, by, by health care. They need that. And they get all kinds of opportunities and benefits to address their quote-unquote problems. And to the extent that anybody 
believes that marijuana is some is some type of uh, threat, uh, then I think that if they're serious about it, then their response would not be to criminalize it, but to make opportunities available to those who are using it uh, to address whatever the issue is that they perceive to be problematic, and and that's that's basically how it things come down in this country. That's how things come down in this world. It really does come down to, I don't know if you're still there, Attorney uh, Shannon Holmes, it really does come down to the money, which is what you know, you were making the point that um, this is a business opportunity for um, for the WNBA and for the NBA, but it's it's also a social opportunity for us all because these drug laws. I mean, <laughs> these drug laws are bedeviling um, just the average human being who does not have, who's not a corporate asset, if you will. And you know, I think we've got to deal with both issues at the same time. But I mean, I'm hoping that we're not going to take our feet off the gas when it comes to talking about the pay gap. And now, these drug laws in the United States, we continue to look at Russia. Attorney Holmes. But we got some issues that we need to deal with right here in the United States. Attorney Holmes. Oh, no question, Santita. But, but as I was saying earlier, I think it's funny in, in some regards that because of the NDA, WNDA, Brittany Griner was in Russia, but because of the WNDA, Brittany Griner was able to come home from Russia. And and then that again shine light on our on the the, the laws that, that Russia has, and then the political game that Russia was playing with the U.S. regarding holding her uh, captive. And and as I've as I've said many months ago, I still don't know whether she's guilty of a crime or not. I I just don't feel comfortable saying one way or the other. I just don't feel like I've, I've really gotten all the information there. Um, but I, I think it definitely shine a light on. On cannabis, marijuana, both domestically and internationally, the, the wage gap, and and how we definitely need the, the NBA to, to subsidize and step up in supporting the WNBA as a league so that uh, the women's pay can be elevated, their play can be elevated, and the visibility can be elevated. And again, I would like to see women from across the world want to come and play in our league and have our ladies be able to stay home and earn a respectable wage for their skill and talent. Well, you know, absolutely. And I think we've got to look at these drug laws, too, Attorney Terry O'Neill. I mean, there's a whole lot that in the United States, in the United States, because what much hay was made about the fact that she was being held. And I have a lot of people, Shapiro among them, who were saying that, you know, she was taking this uh, marijuana for medicinal purposes. But the laws are uneven here, Shapiro, in the United States. They're just uneven. <laughs> so you can, you know, I mean, what you can sell and become a millionaire for out west in white areas you go to prison for if you if you're selling it in the in in um in the black in the black community, mm-hmm. but not the white kids who come in here and buy the drugs from the within the black and brown communities. I just I'm just saying, Attorney Sher- Attorney Terry O'Neill, you know, the unevenness it, it, is just striking. 
it is absolutely striking, um, Santita, and and that that level of injustice is what I think we really really need to uh, pay attention to. I, you know, and 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 I would tell you something else, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I when when we see these striking injustices, uh, when we see them emanating from laws on the books, not from you know, bad enforcement of laws, which is its own problem, but just laws on the books really creating these kinds of injustices, my mind goes to where is the money coming from that supports the politicians that keep these laws on the books and refuse to reform the laws when we see how the laws are destroying families, especially families of color. For example, cannabis law. So so who who are the politicians and where are they getting their money from? And why do the funders think that it's in their best interest to keep these kinds of abusive laws on books. Now, I, I think, and I, like I said, I don't know the answer <laughs> to that mm. question, but I think, I think that is something we need to think about. Absolutely. I only have about well, 30 seconds well, for everybody, but well, Dwight? Well, part of their funding came from the prison union, mm. not the, uh, the guards, the prison guards union. They funded a lot of the politicians to pass those laws, like the three strikes in your outlaw, mm-hmm. because it gives them full-time employment and lifetime jobs. So that's where a lot of that money came from. Well, well let me ask you this just very quickly. Are you surprised, um, Aaron, I, I got literally 30 seconds for you. I'm trying to grab a couple of people in before we go. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit longer, everybody, on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Because this is interesting uh, that, you know, we thought with the legalization of marijuana that people were people were not getting arrested for possession anymore. But in Illinois, Craig told us, wait a minute, that's happening right now. Aaron, did you know that? I didn't know that. There I always are, felt that there was some kind of trick in this. I always felt that there was something. Yeah, there, there are provisions mm-hmm. where if you're if you're carrying um, over over the allotted amount um, in the state cannabis le- legislation without the proper licensing, without a dispensary license, uh, mm-hmm. that you still can can be imprisoned. Right? Um, they uh, I think are less focused on on the 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 individual possession, right? I think if you walk down uh, the West Loop or anywhere in the city, you know, you, it, it does sometimes smell like a, a dormitory. So um, <laughs> police officers are less concerned with stopping individuals as they did quite often before this law was passed. And we know they were stopped um, in different neighborhoods in different ways. Let's put it that way. So, But there is a provision in, in the Illinois state law where you still can, can be arrested for cannabis possession if it's in larger amounts out of bounds. Of, of what's permitted for individuals. <laughs> it's amazing. We haven't been talking about that as we've been looking to Brittany <laughs> Griner's case. Everybody stay right here on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. Because I want to get some closing thoughts from this magnificent panel. Attorney Mark Fancher, get his book, uh, The Negroes of Friends Village. You've got to get his book. Go to Amazon and get it right now. Dwight McKee, Dr. D. And, of course, Attorney Terry O'Neill, former national president of NOW. Of course, Aaron Connolly. Going to see if I can keep, ooh, if I can keep you, Attorney uh, Shannon Holmes, just for a few more minutes. <clears throat> excuse me to get some closing thoughts. But it has really been a joy to speak with you all today. Thank God that Brittany Griner is home. That having been said, her imprisonment has shed light on a lot of issues. The pay gap, the pay gap. Our Latina sisters have to work 
almost a year. Almost a year to make what a white man makes in 365 days. That's not right. That's not right. And we can deal with that. Black women have to work 263 extra days to make what a white man makes. These women are from the WNBA, the most elite among them, are putting wear and tear on their bodies so that they can go and make some money while the sun is shining on their young, strong bodies. 